From the pastures of Europe to the bazaars of Kathmandu, whether at the construction sites for the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar or the oil rigs of Saudi Arabia, the Indian worker is contributing relentlessly, often in punishing circumstances, to the world economy. In this episode, we pay tribute to Indian workers around the world, to their labor and struggle. We discuss their contributions in Nepal and the Gulf, and in the process get a deeper understanding of the networks being formed by these worker migrants in different parts of the world. Observing these networks gives us clues about future migration trends. We also get an up-close and in-depth sense of the role and the viewpoint of the Indian government. My name is Varun, and this is the India Migration Now podcast, episode 7. a senior consultant uh, in uh, immigration and education consultancy who sends students abroad. Uh, then I realized uh, it's not what I have to do. Uh, instead, I thought of, like, these people are well-educated, they have lots of money, they can handle themselves. But if I actually can counsel or provide counseling services to those migrant workers who do not have uh, all these kind of things, then it can be something that satisfies me. So I left that job and came into this kind of build. To kick things off, I spoke with long-term Nepalese migrant rights activist Nilambar Badal. I expected to discuss the plight of Nepalese migrants in India originally. But Nilambar wanted to instead speak about Indian migrant workers in Nepal, a completely forgotten migrant corridor with no reliable documentation or data set. Nilambar spoke at length about the characteristics and perception of Indian workers in Nepal. Actually, there, there is a very uh, distinct uh, dislike. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, just excuse my language because it is the I think it is the most appropriate word to be used. Distinct dislike between Indians and Nepali. And even between Indians who are in the other sectors, informal sector, and those who are in the formal sector. And uh, interestingly, uh, uh, business owners, the Indian business owners in Nepal, they do not prefer the Indian workers, uh, and they prefer rather Nepali workers. And Nepali business house, they prefer in the southern industrial zones. Nepali uh, industrialists, they prefer Indian workers and not Nepali workers. So there is a, and but in common, uh, like uh, if you introduce yourself as an Indian, there's certain kind of dislike in Nepali. Maybe it is kind of, uh, I don't know if we can term it as a racism, but there is, it exists. But. At the same time, if you identify yourself as a South Indian, the things changes. So it is like uh, we do not take India as a whole India in Nepal in certain way, in some aspects. Like in um, if you are from South, you are different. If you are from North, you are different. If you are from Northeast, even uh, Northeast are more close to Nepali, so they are welcomed more. So there are differences, distinctions, dislikes, and so many disparities between these people. Those coming from North, uh, West, uh, like in Delhi, Haryana, uh, Rajasthan, these people are more uh, wealthy, uh, comparing to those coming from Bihar, UP, and Odisha. And those coming from Northeast, they uh, are more in the educational sectors. Uh, maybe because they, their uh, English is preferred here in Nepal. 
And those who are coming from Punjab and other, they run uh, the technical businesses and mechanical industry, like uh, import, export of the vehicles, spare parts, and so many things. So there is, uh, I, I think you got it, like uh, it is not just whole India uh, is uh, taken as the same. It is certain Indians are taken differently. Moving on from an obscurely understood migrant corridor to probably the most studied corridor from India. Around 8.5 million Indians live and work in the Gulf countries, of which a vast majority are semi-skilled or unskilled workers. The massive increase in the Gulf countries' wealth in the past decades has been generated by the economic activities of these millions of migrant workers. And the main beneficiaries are the natives in the Gulf countries. In 2015, for instance, UAE's per capita GDP was $67,000 approximately. And the average annual income of a migrant worker, just $4,300. हम लोगों को बोला इधर उधर फैक्ट्री में प्लेट से प्लेट की अभी फाइबर प्लेट्स बनाता है ना वो कंपनी में गया था हम लोगों को पहला बोला इधर से 700 सैलरी है आप अपना और सेपरेट रूम है अटैच रूम बाथरूम है सब कुछ बोला अप एंड डाउन टिकट है लीज सैलरी है सब कुछ बोला इधर से उधर जाने के बाद छः आदमी को एक ही रूम में डाल दिया और एक बाथरूम दिया उसमें क्लीनिंग भी हम लोगों की करने का और कचरा डालते हैं ना अभी जो डस्टबिन का और डस्टबिन उठाने वाला को भी हम लोगों का जेब से पैसा देने का और सैलरी भी बोला पहला 700 देने का वो दिया मेरे को एक महीना में 500 देता था हर महीना अभी मैं उधर तीन महीना काम किया 500 500 500 मैं सोचा अभी इधर काम करेगा जो 70000 इधर से देके गया 70000 कमाने के लिए मेरे को कितना दिन लगेगा सोच लिया मेरा जो आई उधर बनाता है अभी न्यू आई है एमरेट्स आई वो आई बनाने के लिए पासपोर्ट लिया उसका पास Despite their invaluable contributions, Indian workers in the Gulf face serious challenges to their labor rights. The recording you heard earlier was of a returned migrant from the Gulf base in Telangana. He invested a large amount of cash to fund his migration process to the Gulf, hoping to recoup the money on pre-agreed wages through a recruiter. But upon arrival, he was paid less, put up in cramped lodgings and given no help in terms of welfare and health benefits. In fact, he was made to pay for basic amenities and services like cleaning and sanitation. We also spoke with Salima, another return migrant from Saudi Arabia, who had a very similar experience. Be warned, the interview is in Hindi. Hello? Yes, Salima ji. I'm Varun. I was asking you a question when you were in the Middle East. बस पहले ये पूछना था कि आप कब गए और आपका जाने का क्या रीजन था हाँ एक्चुअली मैं 2006 में गई थी और मेरे हस्बैंड का डेथ हो गया था तो थोड़ा फाइनेंशियली प्रॉब्लम हो गई थी मुझे तो हमने ये सोचा कि अभी हम थोड़े हेल्दी हैं पर कुछ काम कर पा रहा ताकि फ्यूचर के लिए कुछ पैसा इकट्ठा करना बोल के हमने ये सोच के अच्छा आप किस किस सिटी में थे वहाँ मिडलीस में एक्चुअली आई वेंट तू रियाद रियाद में थे ओके ओके किस साल गए थे 2006 में 2006 में गए थे और फिर अब वहाँ आपने क्या काम करा एक्चुअली वो लोग मुझे टेलर के वर्क के लिए बोल के ले गए थे हाँ जी और टेलर के वर्क के लिए तो नहीं लगाया मुझे और एक दो महीने एक एक महीना लगाया उन्होंने रमजान का एक महीने में तेरा का काम लगाया उसके बाद 
उनका पास जो जिसके पास है वो लोग मुझे ले गए थे तो उन लोग बहुत पैसों पर डिमांड करने लगे तो जो आदमी है उसने बोला के सलीमा हम तेरा इतना मेरी पेमेंट नहीं कर सकते तेरे को हम वापस जो आदमी के पास से लाए थे हम उनके पास तेरे छोड़ देते तो हम बोले ऐसा कैसा हो सकता आपने ले आए और आप ही हमको रखना चाहिए तो उसने बोला नहीं वो बहुत पैसों का डिमांड कर रहे इसीलिए वो जो मकता बोलते वहाँ पर वो है तो मकता बोलते इम्प्लॉयमेंट ऑफिसर वहाँ से उन लोग ले गए थे तो इम्प्लॉयमेंट ऑफिसर वाले हम आपको डिमांड कर रहे इसलिए हमको तेरे को वापस छोड़ना पड़ेगा फिर वापस वापस जाके बहुत मुश्किल उठाना पड़ा मुझे फिर वो दूसरा आदमी आके लेके जाते उन लोग वहाँ पर एक एक सेल करते रहते जिसका चार्ज एक वीक वन मंथ टू मंथ ऐसा फिर उन्होंने क्या किया कि दूसरे आदमी के हैंड ओवर कर दिया तो वो आदमी घर का काम करने के लिए मुझे फोर्स किया तो मैंने बोले मुझे ये काम नहीं आता मैंने कहा थी तो उसने मुझे बहुत पनिशमेंट दिया इधर से उधर शिफ्ट करते रहा बहुत से प्लेसेस में मर्कज में बहुत परेशान किया उसने मुझे लास्ट में फिर मेरे को अपने खुद का पैसा बनना पड़ा मेरे खुद के ऑटो के फाइनेंस के थे मतलब फ्री में थे तो फाइनेंस ऑटो सस्ते में बेच के एक लाख रुपए वहाँ से इकट्ठा करना पड़ा एक लाख रुपए मेरे भांजी के पास थे जोनो यूके में रहते वहाँ से और एक लाख रुपए मेरे भांजा ऑस्ट्रेलिया में रहता वहाँ से ऐसा करके उनको पेमेंट फाइन बोल के उनको दे के फिर मैं इंडिया आ सके सलीमा शेयर्स विद अस हाउ शी वाज प्रॉमिस्ड अ टेलरिंग जॉब इन द गल्फ एंड हाउ अपॉन रीचिंग सऊदी अरेबिया रिहाद शी वाज नॉट गिवन अ टेलरिंग जॉब बट इंस्टेड फोर्स टू वर्क एज अ डोमेस्टिक वर्कर बट शी रिफ्यूज्ड एंड शी डिमांडेड दैट शी गिवन हर वेजेस एंड द जॉब शी वाज प्रॉमिस्ड बट हर एजेंट देयर डिड नॉट फॉलो थ्रू विद दिस एंड इंस्टेड आफ्टर 3 मंथ्स शी हैड टू रेज a 100000 indian rupees to return back to india this has caused a great financial distress what is the indian government's view on indian immigrants abroad how do they see their role in managing the world's largest immigrant population we spoke with the best possible person daneshwar mulle who until march was the secretary of the department of overseas indian affairs welcome to the podcast uh, mr mulle a uh, real pleasure to have you Thank you Varun I think I was looking forward to this conversation Absolutely it is a unique pleasure to have you because of your very recent experiences managing the world's largest international migration stock What is the current when I say the current government I mean this Indian government's view of emigration and its role in managing emigration from India Mhm Okay so I think uh, you know going back uh, historically at the time of uh, you know independence we had a very interesting uh, you know scenario where lots of uh, overseas indians particularly those who had gone to these plantation countries along with the british uh, you know uh, what should i say entrepreneurs yes they they wanted to come back to india and uh, nehru ji that time he encouraged them to stay back he said that be part of the country where you are staying where you are living and uh, you know he he really encouraged uh, them however i must say there wasn't any mechanism which would have protected their interest in these countries today of course uh, right. fast forward 70 years and we have uh, you know i i, I didn't see 
the you know immigration migration uh, a, 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 you know the way you saw it just now mm-hmm. by saying that it's one you know largest immigration management indeed it is i realize uh, you know only when you say it right but we we are looking at it uh, from a perhaps a slightly different uh, perspective mm-hmm. uh, that indians everywhere be whether they are in uh, bombay or bangalore uh, whether they are in uh, uh, new jersey or new delhi they should be looked after right and uh, they should be looked after that you know that sums up the whole approach of government of india right now right that we are responsible for the welfare of our people irrespective of their uh, situation irrespective of their you know particular uh, i would say mobility uh, status currently and uh, yes we have uh, 30 million more actually 31 million last count uh, right. that we have we don't have a i must say uh, we do not have a scientific major right of the uh, you know extent of our uh, people abroad mm-hmm. and that itself uh, you know some organizations like yours and other uh, perhaps you know government organs can join in uh, uh, working out a reasonably trustworthy figure of uh, number of our overseas indians which are primarily categorized you know in those who have indian passports and those who have local passports right uh, of that uh, country you know we give them different names sometimes we call them oci holders sometimes yes. we call them you know indian citizens living abroad sometimes mm-hmm. we call them nris but primarily these people fall in two categories uh, those who are going abroad uh, are either their indian passport holders or they are now residents and citizens of those countries The picture that we get at the end of all these interactions is that Indian migrant workers face many challenges despite their contributions globally. The channels and the process of migration from India for low and semi-skilled migrants are limited and cumbersome. Migrants have to rely heavily on informal networks and intermediaries to reach and integrate in their destinations. These informal channels are a crutch for migrants in the absence of institutional support like appropriate visa regimes integration policies and employer accountability these deficiencies get greatly amplified in the absence of proper documentation while the indian government does care and has a mandate through the immigration policy framework to safeguard all indian workers abroad but large number of growing migration corridors like to nepal are ignored indian workers abroad are not only contributing economically but also culturally They enhance and extend the notion of a greater Indian civilization. It is up to us back home to support and celebrate them. I would like to thank our guests and contributors. A special thanks to producer Nakul and finally to you listener. Shukriya. Khuda Hafiz.